Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. It's 9.30 in 716. Good morning, WBEN News Time 502. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Masarowski outside, currently looking at a few clouds, but mostly nice uh, out there right now. 56 degrees, a little bit cooler overnight last night, which was, I'm sure, welcome. Yeah, it was nice to have the windows open. Least. Yeah. A primary day today across New York State for gubernatorial races, state assembly, and more. WBEN's Tom Puckett taking a look at how many people are expected to cast a ballot. Erie County Republican Elections Commissioner Ralph Moore expects fewer voters than four years ago on this gubernatorial primary day. Last time we had a gubernatorial race on the Democratic line four years ago, uh, we had a turnout of about 27 percent. The trending this year from early voting and uh, the number of calls that we received at the office seems it'll be a slightly lower this year. Moore says there appear to be more interest in the 2018 showdown between Andrew Cuomo and Cynthia Nixon. What could we see in August's congressional primary? There's a Democratic primary against uh, Representative Brian Higgins, and there's a Republican primary uh, with regard to the open seat uh, that Chris Jacobs is vacating. Uh, that has ex- uh, generated a fair amount of interest, and I think people will be focusing much more on the August election uh, than they are currently on the gubernatorial election. Hear the full conversation online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Tom, thank you. It is a three-way race on the Democratic side for governor. Governor Kathy Hochul facing challenges from Congressman Tom Suozzi and public advocate Jamani Williams. On the Republican side, it's a four-way battle. Congressman Lee Zeldin, former Westchester County Executive Rob Astorino, businessman Harry Wilson, and Andrew Giuliani, who's Rudy Giuliani's son. Polls open at 6 this morning all across Erie County. The U.S. abortion fight now plays out on the state level after the Supreme Court removed federal constitutional protections. Rachel Scott reports on moves to restrict the sale of abortion pills and on Wisconsin's battle over an anti-abortion law on the books for over 170 years that is now technically the law again. Republican lawmakers are looking at ways to prevent women from receiving abortion pills from out of state. Questions about tracking online activity. But in Wisconsin, where a law written in 1849 has now gone into effect, Democratic Governor Tony Evers is vowing to fight. I don't think that a law that was written before the Civil War or before women secured the right to vote should be used to dictate these intimate decisions on reproductive health. 
Congressman Brian Higgins speaking out against the Supreme Court Roe decision. You'll hear from him a little bit later on this hour. There was uh, another step forward today for opening up the marijuana industry in New York State. WBEN's Max Ferry has more on who will start to get involved today. Today marks the first day where marijuana processors can apply for the adult use conditional processor license. This license will allow businesses who are already licensed to process cannabinoid hemp to apply for a license to process adult use cannabis products in the adult use program. The conditional processor license will allow businesses to to apply for one and then obtain a license with New York State so that they can process adult use marijuana that's been cultivated by the conditional cultivators who've been licensed. So that could be outdoor mar- or marijuana growing or indoor marijuana growing. Uh, process it into different raw ingredients like um, oils, powders, so on and so forth, so that it can be manufactured and then uh, be used for applications like marijuana edibles, oils, That's Tristan Huger, a partner of Philips Lytle and co-founder of the Cannabis Practice Team. Elise Bergio, strategic advisor of MJI Solutions, says we could expect to go into stores and buy marijuana by the end of this year. You may see in this time the office cannabis management allowing for medical operators to sell adult use from those 40 dispensaries. So that might happen before the end of 2022. More coverage can be found on our website at WBEN.com. I'm Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. Thank you, Max. A 53-year-old Amherst man being held without bail after being arraigned for allegedly stabbing his girlfriend to death. Kirk Bielanen was arraigned yesterday on charges of first and second degree manslaughter. He stands accused of stabbing 60-year-old Diane Bird in the chest sometime in late May at her home on Glen Oak Drive in Amherst. Bielanen faces a maximum 25 years behind bars if convicted of the highest charge. Three people dead after an Amtrak train hit a dump truck in rural Missouri between Kansas City and St. Louis. On board the Amtrak train heading from L.A. to Chicago, there were 243 passengers and 12 crew members when the train slammed into a dump truck that was at a crossing that had no warning signals. Missouri Highway Patrol Lieutenant Eric Brown. It's an uncontrolled uh, crossbuck intersection on a gravel road, uh, so no lights, no electric control devices. Dozens of passengers were injured. Some are recounting stories of getting out of the toppled train cars through windows and pulling others to safety. Alex Stone, ABC News. Amtrak service to Canada from Niagara Falls resumed yesterday for the first time in over two years. Passengers, though, still need to use the Arrive Can app and wear a mask while on the train and be fully vaccinated. The Maple Leaf Line includes New York City, Albany, and Niagara Falls on the way to Toronto. All right. It's been a long time without that going on, so I'm sure a lot of people happy to see that return. Uh, suspected human smuggling tragedy in Texas. Authorities say dozens of people found dead in the back of a tractor trailer Monday afternoon in San Antonio. Andrea Fujii has more. Rescuers pulling 16 people from the truck still alive, suffering from heat exhaustion with outside temperatures topping 100 degrees. No signs of water in the vehicle. It wasn't refrigerated. A law enforcement official tells the Texas Tribune it appears people were trying to jump out of the tractor trailer because some of the deceased were found along several blocks. And many of the people appear to have been sprinkled with steak seasoning, perhaps an attempt to cover up the smell of people. 
uh, unbelievable story. We'll be talking more about with Jim Ryan live in Texas. Authorities say the nationalities of the victims not yet known. The U.S. Supreme Court shining a new light on the separation of church and state and the question of involving religion in public schools. Conservative justices in a 6-3 ruling released yesterday sided with a high school football coach praying at the 50-yard line following games, often with players by his side. The school and some parents were concerned the public prayer would put pressure on student-athletes to join. For decades, the court did put the focus on the vulnerability of students to the potential coercive effects of prayers led by teachers and coaches, but the court shifts that focus to protecting the religious liberty of those teachers and, co- teachers and coaches as long as there is not direct coercion. That's Terry Moran reporting from outside the Supreme Court. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. We're looking at mostly sunny skies today with light winds. Temperatures will be in the low 70s. For tonight, mainly clear and cool again. Overnight lows in the mid-50s. We head into your Wednesday. Clouds on the increase. Can't rule out a passing shower on Wednesday with temperatures in the mid-70s. Back in the 80s on Thursday. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Joining us on the line, Elise Bergio, MJI Solutions. We're looking at the state of marijuana legalization in New York State. Elise, thanks for being on. We've talked many times before. We're at a point here where uh, marijuana, you can uh, use it anywhere you can smoke here in New York. Uh, it's not illegal to carry on you small amounts anymore. Not illegal to smoke even in uh, you know some uh, areas publicly where smoking is allowed. Yet it still is not legal to sell or buy in a retail store. What is the holdup and what is happening today? I know, Brian. I feel like we've been having these convos for the last year, and I keep saying let's, let's see what happens, and it's definitely been a delay. Um, and it's been a tough one to, to sit and, and wait for. Um, you know, at the moment, what we do have available to us is an outline for rules and regulations that have already been published. Um, they had an open comment window for specifically dispensaries that closed about a couple weeks ago. Uh, we call them the card dispensaries. These are the ones that are uh, going to be up and running hopefully by the end of the year or early next year. Um, that is for incarcerated individuals with marijuana crimes um, that ha- can show some business experience um, in order to be able to apply. And so the Office of Cannabis Management has uh, kind of come out and said that there's only going to be maybe 150, 200 of these dispensaries. And so the way that we're going to see these dispensaries probably um, – you know, uh, being distributed because it's going to be done through the Office of Cannabis Management as maybe 50 in Manhattan, 50 in the outer boroughs, and 50 in the rest of New York State. And so hopefully by then there won't be too many in our area. If there's more than five between here and Rochester, I'll be shocked. But there will be an opportunity to buy from those dispensaries um, hopefully by 2023. All right. There's growers, there's distributors, processors, dispensary. What else, what other categories still have to be approved before we get to that point? Yeah, great question, Susan. So, you know, um, even though we do have growers, we had uh, we have two windows of growers that have been open. So the way that New York's doing is they're piecemealing it, which is very difficult to follow if you're not in the space. Um, but so back in April, they permitted adult use cultivators that were transitioning from hemp over to uh, cannabis, marijuana cannabis. 
Um, the next uh, that they actually just opened up is for processors who were processing hemp are not going to be able to do that for marijuana as well. And then those dispensaries, those are the only three in addition to the medical operators that have had outlined rules and regulations to enter them into the market. But we're missing such a probably around 80% of the additional market. Uh, and that will be cultivators who are not part of the conditional uh, hemp license transfer. Same for processors, uh, distributors, because right now the only people distributing will be the people making their product. Um, there's not anything uh, listed out for on-site consumption lounges at the moment. Other retail stores, um, if you wanted to do any of the permits listed in the bill. So a lot of things haven't been uh, addressed yet. We're hoping to see a full package of rules and regulations this summer. Um, but again, don't quote me on that because it has been a bit of a delay. I am kind of for once stunned to hear you say, uh, you know, maybe five or so, only a handful of places in between here and Rochester that you'd be able to buy wheat because I'm, you know, I'm just thinking down in uh, near Silver Creek on native territory, there's probably a two mile stretch of Route 20 where there's uh, seven places, you know, just along one road where you can go and, and purchase uh, marijuana right now without, you know, any of this uh, state regulation. I Are any of these places really going to be able to survive and thrive? Or, well, I guess maybe they are if there's only a handful of them, but I, how surprising is that to you, or that number? Sure. So when, um, when I'm talking about these specific dispensaries, these are just a, a part of the overall retail stores that will be permitted. These are just the first ones. Um, and these are the ones that are dedicated to individuals who have been incarcerated and been in part of communities who have been disproportionately impacted um, and have been able to show at least two years of business experience. Um, that's not to say that's the only retail stores that will be in Buffalo or Rochester. I just want to make that clear. Um, but they will be the first, and we don't know how long they'll have that advantage for. Um, if the process to uh, get applications up and running is slow, you know, we might see uh, those stores have a foothold for, you know, the next six months, eight months uh, before other retail stores that are part of the bill are able to apply and, and get approved for. Uh, Elise, I'm thinking back to all those municipalities that either signed on or rejected allowing marijuana sales in their communities. So for that to happen, I mean, is that years away? Uh, I would definitely say it's not years away. They will see some sort of revenue most likely in the next year or so. Um, you know, and don't forget that half of the localities in, the, in New York opted out, about 50%. So um, the 50 that are permitting uh, adult use have been in contact with the Office of Cannabis Management um, to, you know, talk about their zoning regulations and what they want to do for, for their local town in order to uh, kind of get a head start on alleviating that, that approach for when retail stores do want to come in. You know, what you're describing, we heard so much in the lead up, right, uh, of state lawmakers who are passing this bill, and they said they wanted, you know, equity. They wanted people uh, within, uh, you know, say the east side of Buffalo to be able to be involved and uh, be able to profit off of this business because they were negatively impacted by the strict marijuana rules for so many years. 
Uh, yet everything you're talking about here, the wait, the uncertainty, the pre-planning that has to go in, I, it sounds like it would be really hard for a small, locally owned place to be up and running at any point in the near future. You know, um, I'll tell you this. It gets a lot easier when you have rules and regulations in its full package. Um, and what I mean by that is it can't be piecemealed where it's a little bit for these dispensaries, a little bit for packaging and labeling, a little bit for labs. It has to be everything, right? And, it's you know, we're only talking about retail dispensaries, but, like, for example, a cultivation facility. At the moment, we don't know how large-scale a cultivation facility is allowed to be, meaning how long or how large can the canopy be? How much marijuana are you actually allowed to grow? What are the tiers? Now, that's a really big issue for anybody who's trying to put a pro forma together, any type of documentation, uh, to decide, you know, what's the, re- the return of investment in the beginning for these cultivation sites. Similar for retail stores, right? Are you going to be up and running in 2023? Are you going to just be, you know, in construction? A lot of those things are problematic, and it's only because we're waiting for the rules and regs to come out to see what you're allowed to do in the parameters. And then don't forget there's comment periods on those rules and regulations, which pushes you out for at least, uh, it could be two 60-day periods of comment. Does the process inherently, though, give an advantage to, you know, people who have a lot of means? You know, for example, I I was thinking a couple of years ago, if I was somebody working in real estate, had a lot of money saved up, you'd be buying warehouses or or, uh, land with the idea that you'd use it for cultivation um, in in these big spots. And then you'd be ready uh, right away. When uh, something were to happen like this, uh, which is a luxury that you wouldn't have if you were, you know, a little more, you had to wait on exactly what the rule was going to be. No, absolutely. I do think inherently that uh, cannabis has been focused on that. Um, I will say that New York State is doing a tremendous job in opening this market up to people who may have had difficulty otherwise in other states. I mean, they really are prioritizing uh, people and communities who've been disproportionately impacted. They've listed out people who qualify as social equity, and it's very broad. It's women, minorities, uh, disadvantaged farmers, veterans. So, you know, they want to get people into this space that may have not had an opportunity in other states, um, which is, you know, uh, that's really kudos to Majority Leader Crystal People Stokes because she has been pioneering that bill for since 2013. Um, but I agree with you that it does seem like a crazy barrier to entry, um, especially when we talk about people who have been waiting for a year to do so. Uh, That is a very difficult part of this, especially because in the cannabis space, money is running very low. Um, There isn't as many investors. Inflation is high. Um, People are not uh, getting uh, as many, you know, interested uh, monetary backing as they were probably a few years ago. I feel like we're watching Rome get rebuilt. It's a a, a tough, it's tough to see. Um, You know, the biggest thing I can say is that educational opportunities and for allowing people to understand what's going on in the space is probably the biggest uh, thing to to make sure you're understanding where the state is right now. Um, You know, what we will be seeing is uh, we're actually putting together the University at Buffalo, my company and uh, Dr. Lorraine Collins at UB is a panel on July 28th that has Speakers from the Office of Cannabis Management, uh, Majority Leader will be speaking in the morning. 
um, and a, a bunch of operators and like Buffalo Niagara Partnership talking about employment opportunities in Buffalo. So that's a good, to do a plug, that's a good thing for people if they're interested in the cannabis space to come on July 28th to the University of Buffalo to learn about what's going on with the state of cannabis. If you uh, had to bet when Thanksgiving rolls around and the desserts are coming on the table, are the brownies going to legally pack a punch? Man, great question, Brian. Honestly, for me, I hope not because that is dangerous. Um, anything that's getting into food that's not regulated is going to put you down because um, you don't know what you're putting in there. Uh, I don't think you'll be buying brownies from a dispensary come uh, come come November. But hey, if Brian, you're looking to cook up a batch, you know that's your right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elise, uh, thank you. Elise uh, Bergio with MJI Solutions joining us uh, with a look at the legal marijuana industry in New York, uh, slowly but surely getting off the ground. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.